Okay. Okay. Um, um, hi, everybody. This is my best friend, Emily. And this is my best friend, Hannah. And you're listening to BFF Breakdown. Breakdown. We can't say anything together. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell that we are talking about friends. Yeah, we're best friends who are just talking about friends. Um, hi. Hi. Um, okay, hello. How are you today? Um, me or our audience? You! Oh, um, I'm doing so good. How are you? I'm good. I, um, made food for a potluck today. Ooh, potlucks in this, the year 2020? I know, wild. It, w- it was safely executed. Um, oh, yeah, because you live in a cult. <laughs> yeah, and we can go outside. <laughs> um, but I'm I... here in the big city where <laughs> everything is shut down again. <laughs> True, pretty, pretty wild. Except for my job. Seriously? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's kind of terrifying. I, I it is terrifying because children <laughs> spit in my face every day. Yeah. And I have to just stay there. You gotta be careful out there. I'm trying my best. I, I've been taking some vitamin C gummies. Oh well, thank God for that. <laughs> I think you're good. Apparently, I'm high in the line for the vaccine, according to the New York Times. Right, because you're an essential worker, right? Yep. Well, I'm at the bottom because I don't have a job. <laughs> so, that's cool. So, um, anyway, potluck was a success and you are in danger. So, that I from that. so that's what we've learned. Today. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear what you've prepared for us today. Yeah. Who do you think we're talking about today? I'll give you a hint. Okay. They're a pair from a movie uh-huh. that you most likely have not watched in a while, but you have mm. thought about recently. Like we've talked about it recently? We've talked about, about it, it recently and it's like mm. very Ooh. popular. I have an idea. Yeah. Is it Remy and Luigi? Luigi! It's Remy and Linguini <laughs> from Ratatouille. Yes. Oopsies. Um, um, well, I got it right. Yay. You got it right because of Ratatouille the musical. Yeah. that's It's all the rage these days. Yeah. So some background information about... Remy and Linguini. Mm-hmm. They are characters from the eighth feature film from Pixar. Uh-huh. Uh, Ratatouille came out in 2007, starring Patton Oswalt as Remy and mm. Lou Romano as Linguini. Mm. And I was looking him up because I was like, he hasn't really like been in anything except for Pixar movies. Um, yeah. And most of the time, he's, like, a background character. So I was like, oh, maybe he's, like, Ray Romano's son or something. And uh-huh. I didn't find anything about that, but I did find out that he went to the San Diego School of Creative and Performing Arts <gasps> for high school. No, he which didn't. Is where we went. He um, did. Why don't we hear about him as a famous alumni? I know. Alumni? We just hear about... Uh, big Time Rush, man. Big Time Rush. <laughs> yeah. And, and that um, one, Christina something. Oh, I don't even... Grace <laughs> Anatomy... Oh, um, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, she's kind of a big deal. <laughs> okay, we should focus on this other guy then, Lou Romano. Lou Romano, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, okay. Well now that you know who we're talking about, who how do you think they met? What's their meet cute? What's their story? Um Meet Cute, Remy and 
Linguini, is that his name? Yes. What a weird name for a It's demon. his last name. Okay. <laughs> it's like Luigi makes more sense to me. His first name is Alfredo. Oh, are you kidding me? But the, everyone calls him Linguini. You he only has... find out that his first name is Alfredo because it's like on screen for a split second when they're reading the letter that says that he's Gusto's son. He has two foods for names. That He's is... the son of a famous chef. But, okay, well, if I'm a famous <laughs> movie director, I'm not naming my kid Action. Oscar Action. Oscar Action, although that's kind of a fun name. I like that. Yeah, I anyway. would do that. So, you know, <laughs> to each his own. <laughs> um, uh, back to the meet cute. Meet cute. Okay. Wow, I actually don't remember at all so well um guess uh, yeah i'm going to <laughs> okay i'm just, I'm just reminding you that's what I'm we do i'm just saying it's probably gonna be wrong but um let's see remy cooks he's a chef linguini is the son of a chef mm, i feel like they meet in the kitchen maybe that's right Oh, it's correct? Okay, I'm going to keep going. I think they meet in the kitchen on Linguini's first day of the job. Isn't he just going to be like a busboy or something? And yeah. maybe Remy's there watching or something like that, and they meet, and I don't know how it escalates to him living in Linguini's hair, but he gets there somehow. Yeah, that's actually, like, how it starts. Okay. Um, I just want to, like, give a disclaimer that this is going to be really detailed, because I just wrote it down as it was happening in the movie. <laughs> oh my god. Set <laughs> so, the scene for us. <laughs> here we go. Remy and the ghost of Gusto are looking down at the kitchen through the glass. Gusto asks Remy to identify the different people in the kitchen. Who's the chef, oh, yeah. the sous chef, the commis, etc. He then points to Linguini and asks, who is that? To which Remy replies, oh him? He's nobody. He doesn't cook. Gusto says... Anyone can cook. Oh, that's a slogan, you know. Yeah. And Remy replies, yeah, but that doesn't mean anyone should. (gasps) And so Gusto points back down to Linguini. And Linguini's like throwing random stuff into this pot. And Gusto says, that's not stopping him. And this causes Remy to like notice what Linguini's doing. And he's like, oh no, oh no, what is he doing? He's ruining the soup. He, like, accidentally messed with the food, right? Yeah, he, like, knocked something in, and so then he's, like, trying to fix it. Oh, yeah. Um, so Remy's like, he's ruining the soup, like, and no one's noticing. Um, and so he starts pacing, and then he falls through this, like, little window oh. that he's standing on, and right into the kitchen. Um, and he's a rat. He knows his place. He's a little scared. Yeah. Um, and he knows what happens to rats in kitchen. So he goes under one of the tables. And he's, like, starting to move towards... He sees an open window. He's moving towards it. On his way out, he catches a whiff of the soup, and he's, like... (laughs) His, like, eyes get all big. He looks like he's going to throw up. Um, And he's, like, I can fix it. So he throws, like, a couple things in there, and he's, like, Mm -hmm. okay, that's good. And then he, like, looks back at it, and Gusto's, like, you know what to do. You can fix it. So he goes back, and he gets all, like, fancy. He's, like, dancing around it. He's, like, throwing stuff in. Oh, yeah. And he kind of, like, gets a little carried away. Um, yeah, then isn't and then he like snaps back into him? reality, and Linguini is, like, staring at him, <laughs> mouth agape, <laughs> like, 
what? And then the chef, Chef Skinner, comes in and he's yelling. He's like, where's the soup? Where's the soup? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And so Linguini throws a colander on top of Remy to, like, hide him. And, um, but... Linguini's holding a ladle and Skinner sees the ladle and he's like, you are cooking. And he starts going off. And then a different chef is like serving up the soup and starts bringing it out. And then Linguini's like, no, stop the soup. Stop the soup. And Skinner sees it like going out the door. He's like, ah, but then doesn't want to like make a scene in the restaurant. So he just like lets them bring it out. And the soup is served despite Skinner's trying to stop it. It's a hit. And and the customer who orders it turns out to be a critic. (gasps) Oh my gosh. And she loves it. So she writes this review about how Gustoza's coming back. I guess they've been in a slump. Yeah. Remy is still under the colander and he's like listening to hear about what they have to say about his soup. And then Gusto's like ghost is like, remember you were escaping? So he starts to move again. He moves the colander but Skinner sees him and is like, rat! And everyone in the kitchen, like, grabs, like, torches and knives. They all go oh after gosh. him. And Linguini catches Remy in a jar. And then Skinner is like, go, kill him. Not in the kitchen, but go. <laughs> um, and so Linguini takes this jar into a river. He's going to just, like, throw it into the river, like, the <laughs> sand or something. Um, but he has a moral dilemma. He's like, I don't want to kill this rat. And then he realizes that Remy is, like, nodding and answering the questions. And he's like, you can understand me? And Remy's like, yeah, nods. And then Linguini says, I can't cook, can I? But you can. And so Linguini decides they can work something out. um, And he brings him home. Well, first he, like, opens the jar and Remy runs away. And then he turns it back around. And then they they move in together. What a meet cute. I know. I was like, I guess they technically met when yeah. Linguini's like staring at him, but that was their first like solidification of yeah, yeah, the friendship. friendship. Yeah, I um, also like this whole movie. I was like, are they friends? <laughs> <laughs> I like just, I just don't know. Yeah, they have a pretty tumultuous relationship the whole time. Yeah, and, then... and they can't really talk to each other. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They should make a song about that in the musical, The Meat Cute. Yeah. I haven't heard Little rat, I don't want to throw you in the river. (laughs) I can't cook, but you can. (laughs) You can. The thing about Ratatouille, the musical, um, while amazing, is like obviously hard to organize it because it's just happening on TikTok. Um, So I feel like I just see many many versions of like the same three moments in the film you know it's like the finale um what's the woman's name in the movie colette colette her song like a song from remy's dad and that i just see like all those different variations of them yeah so we need to start branching out people this is gonna happen Uh, okay well every friendship (laughs) Has a few fights. Okay, friendship fights between Remy and Linguini. Mm-hmm. First of all, a lot of miscommunication because they cannot speak to each other. <laughs> True. <laughs> they have a lot of little arguments 
Yeah. In the kitchen because when Greenie is like doe-eyed for Colette and he wants to follow her advice and she's like, follow the recipe. Like Gusto did all these unexpected things and he improvised, but now we do exactly what he did. Yeah. But Remy is like, no, 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 I can make this better. And he wants to do things his own way. So, right. like, sometimes it seems as though Linguini's mind and body want to do two different things, but it's really, like, yeah. Remy and Linguini. So, little things like that. And Linguini will be like, I don't know why I'm doing this. Kind of like, <laughs> yeah. Remy, stop doing this. It's interesting, so. too, because it's like, like, it's almost like the fight is actually happening between Remy and Colette because they have such a different philosophy, yeah. you know? And then Linguini's just, like, stuck in the middle of it. Yeah. I'm not an owl. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a bunch of little fights like that. And then the movie has one big fight between mm, sure does. Remy and Linguini. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is Linguini's, like, pretty successful and famous at this point. Gusto's restaurant is coming back into like the public eye mm-hmm. and ego is about to come and review them. So Linguini is getting interviewed by all these people and they like ask about his inspiration. And he says like, Oh, my inspiration is named Colette. And there's like talking. Cause at this point they're oh, like dating. Yeah. And this Remy's is when like, he starts getting pretty cocky. huh? Yeah. He starts yeah. getting cocky and Remy's like annoyed. Cause he thought that he was going to get like credit in some way like oh yeah I have this like little chef that is like a little nod to him yeah yeah but um so he's annoyed and so he like pulled some hairs or something and then Linguini is frustrated with Remy after the interview so he puts yeah. him outside and he's like you need to calm down little chef rude <laughs> and so in retaliation Remy brings his whole family to the kitchen. Like, the whole... Oh, yeah. he His brother has been bringing a couple friends, like, every day. Like, there's been, like, five to ten rats every day. And Remy yeah. will steal, like, a little bit of food for them. And he feels bad about doing it. And he's like, you can't tell anyone else. But his brother's there when that happens and he gets yelled at. And he's like, yeah. you know what? Bring the whole clan, like, all Oof. the rats. So the whole family comes to steal food from the kitchen. That was bold. Then Linguini comes back to the kitchen to apologize to Remy. Oh, yeah. And then sees all these rats just, like, eating so much stuff. Well, actually, he doesn't see them. They're all hiding. Um, and he's apologizing to Remy. And then Remy's oh, yeah. brother eats too many grapes. <laughs> and then yeah. starts, like, they just, like, shoot out of his mouth into the back of <laughs> I love Linguini's his brother. head. <laughs> and Neil. Linguini feels betrayed that the rats are stealing, and he kicks him out again. And he's like, yeah. don't come back, or I'm going to treat you how rats are supposed to be treated. Oh, that's so mean. So Remy leaves, and then that fight is resolved when Anton Ego comes to review. It's, like, just Linguini, and he doesn't know how to cook anything, and all the chefs are like, what are you doing? Like, just cook. And Remy, like, can feel it. He's like, they're not going to do okay without me. So he goes back, and he, like, goes mm. to the door, and the sh- all the chefs see him. They're like, rat! And Linguini, like, stands in front of them. It's like, no! This is the real chef! Oh. And all the chefs walk out. But they, wow. s- they s- stay together. So What a wild movie. <laughs> I know. It is on the unbelievable side, I must I feel like say. I've, seen, I've seen memes and then have also thought myself, like, <laughs> how funny it must have been to pitch this 
movie idea, like in Pixar. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, hear me out. It's a little rat. (laughs) He uses Um, a human as a puppet. Yeah, it's no big deal. It's pretty cute. (laughs) Um, Okay, those are the friendship fights. So what do we think? Friendship goals? Hmm. (laughs) No. (laughs) I know. I feel like... Like you said, it's, like, hard to even tell if they're friends or just, like, associates, you know? Yeah, well, they have, like, a mutually beneficial relationship with one another. And I think that they care for each other. Yes. But I don't know that I would want to be in either one's position. (laughs) Yeah, and it's, like, well, they do keep being friends afterwards, right? Yeah, when they have the, like, rat restaurant. Well, I think that is pretty cute. I think it'd be one thing if, like, this was an isolated experience and then they just kind of went their own ways after. But I feel like the fact that they stay friends, that's a little bit friendship goals. Cause yeah. I think so they, prob- they probably, like, had a better friendship yeah. after the, like, stress of working at Gusto's was Totally. Gone. Yeah. But, like, yeah, in the movie itself, they definitely have a lot to work on. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. But... Crossing that human-animal barrier in a friendship is hard, so props to them. (laughs) So friendship goals? Dependent. Yeah. yeah, Depending. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. (laughs) Love it. Now is the part of the show where we talk about friendships that don't exist but could. It's true. Or faux ships that could exist. Or (laughs) enemies. So for those of you just tuning in, um, (laughs) hi. (laughs) I love when you say that. I know you mean, like, if this is the first podcast they've listened to, but I always think of it as, like, they start our podcast 15 minutes in. <laughs> you know, like, they just miss the whole first part for some reason. They're like, I don't care about that. I just want to hear the friend or foe. Yeah, um, which they've never heard of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Um, okay. Hello, new listeners. If... You don't know what friend or foe is as a part of the show where historically we put 10 pieces of paper into a mug and would pull mm-hmm. two out. But since we are recording from a distance due to um, not living in the same place anymore, <laughs> yeah, we I have five names written down with corresponding numbers and Hannah has five names written down with corresponding numbers. We're mm-hmm. going to use a random number generator. We're using technology, people. Technology. Also, to clarify, um, it doesn't even have to be people. It could be all the nouns. It could oh, be yeah. Place, thing, person. That's it. <laughs> it could be those three. <laughs> but we like to do people most of all. So yeah, it's probably going to be that. Or like characters that can talk. Yeah, yeah. Like people um, okay, number seven. That's you. <gasps> Let's see. It is. Emmett from Twilight. <laughs> Ooh. And number 10, which is also you. Oh. Um, Orlando Bloom. <laughs> um, friends. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> because they're both this term that I love. Uh-huh. Um, himbos. Can you explain what that is? I see <laughs> well, that all the time and I, like, don't really know what it means. <laughs> it is described as... Is it, like, kind of dumb? <laughs> it's, like, kind of dumb, respects women... Oh, true. ...and is hot. Yeah, I guess they both Those are Those are the three points to make a himbo. <laughs> wow. We love a good himbo. Yeah. So... Um, 
Well, Emmett's definitely one, absolutely. He's yeah. like the poster child. I feel like they would both they both just have like chaotic energy too. Like yeah. I think that they would get into like a bunch of like wholesome mischief. That's yeah. an oxymoron, but <laughs> too. Um, I think if Orlando Bloom was a vampire, because I don't know if Emmett would necessarily be friends with a human, um, but if they were vampire friends, I feel like they'd like to wrestle with each other. Oh, definitely. <laughs> That's what Emmett's really into. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is. Um, I know a lot more about his character now that I'm deep into Midnight Sun. I, can, <laughs> I could talk for hours about him. <laughs> I love that for you. Yeah, such a good book. Thanks for giving it to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, no problem. Um, um, okay, number two. Oh, wait, what? Emmett. I'm so sorry. It's okay. We're I don't know where my in. mind is. I have a chlorine brain. Um, Get your head in the game, Strando. Emmett and Orlando Bloom. Friends. Friends. Confirmed. Okay. Here we go. Number two. That's not the number it was. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying this is our second one. Got okay, it. number four, which is me. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> AOC. Oh, heck yeah. Love her. And six, which is you. Oh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Dracula. Oh. Interesting. Um, well, let's, let's, <laughs> let's see what really we have here. really think about this one. Um, right off the bat, I'm not sure. I am. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not feeling friends or foes like very strongly at this point. I'm trying to think where Dracula lies on the political spectrum, and I feel like that's going to make the decision for me. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I don't know very much about Dracula. Um, I know that he has to get permission to go in into a, a home, which... Oh, I forgot about that. Like, the House of Representatives. He probably <laughs> isn't allowed there. It's a house. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, you know, just... I'm feeling maybe foes just because of the nature of Dracula right off. Yeah. You know, just from that. I don't necessarily think that AOC would, like, be the first person to, like, condemn him to enemy status. But Dracula's just out here to kill people, you know? Yeah. I don't don't think AOC would stand for that. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Okay. AOC and Dracula? (laughs) Foes. Foes. Confirmed. confirmed. <laughs> okay, last one. Here we go. Random number generator. Number two, okay. Joe Jonas. Oh, love it. And number three, the Count from Sesame Street. <laughs> wow, we had vampires on the mind today. <laughs> um, I think friends. I think friends, definitely. I don't have any explanation. I think they both kind of have that childish energy. Hello? <laughs> Hello. Um, phone. I'm so sorry. I totally pressed mute on my phone. To oh realize. my god! And it was such bad timing. Like the second I realized it, I turned it off and was like, "Hey!" That was like right when you hung up. <laughs> so sad. Um, um, well, sorry for the technical difficulties. We always have them. It's okay. <laughs> I was. Um, I don't know when I muted you, but I was saying that I feel like Joe Jonas and the Count have kind of similar, like, childish energies about them. Oh, absolutely. Just, like, fun and playful and, like, here for an educational purpose. Yeah. Maybe not so much the last one, but the first two, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just, like, 
I like their vibes. I think their vibes match. Yeah. That's all I care about. I think they could do a sick cover together. <laughs> yeah. A mashup of some sort. I, I'm here for it. I think Friends. Sounds good. Joe Jonas okay. and The Count? Friends. friends. Confirmed. Confirmed. Um, okay. That was the part of the podcast where mm-hmm. Hannah has something to say because we're doing something new. Oh my gosh, we are. I had this idea. Um, it just like came to me um, in like a moment of genius. <laughs> um, that... Right, that's the part we're doing right now. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the part where you're a genius. Yeah, the part where I'm a genius. Um, I was thinking we always talk about ourselves this part. And don't worry, that's not changing. <laughs> we would never give up an opportunity to talk about ourselves. Um, but I thought it'd be cute if sometimes during this section, because we don't live together anymore, we could talk about little things that happened this week or recently that remind us of each other. Or, yeah, reminded us of each other. Okay. Um, well, what do you, you know. have? What nice things do you have to say about me? Well, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> oh, this was your idea. So I just assumed it came to you because you were like, wow, that Emily is as gorgeous as the full moon. No, um, that's not what happened. No, that's not exactly how the idea came to me. Oh, okay. Um, Bummer. I'm, I'm just trying to think. It isn't about me not thinking of you, it's me like having amnesia. <laughs> Just like, uh, don't remember okay. what happens in my life ever. Um, um, well, I was thinking about you because I recently have been playing video games at the mm. park with our friend from oh, high school. Oh, on a Switch, right? On a Switch. Uh, jealous. Um, we meet at the park and we sit separate and then we wear masks the whole time and play video so games cute. <laughs> outside. I love it. And all the moms that have their kids at the park stare at us because they're like, why are they playing video games at the park? Because <laughs> it's safe this way. Safer. Um, um, they need to mind their own business. <laughs> you do you. But, so I've been playing video games. Uh-huh. And I've been playing a lot of Mario Party mini games. Mm. I love the mini games. I know you love the mini games. Aww. And I was playing them and I was thinking about the time... That we spent like a whole day <laughs> playing Mario Party mini games, and then That's you true. like started thinking about just like mundane daily activities and how you could turn them into mini games. Anything could be a mini game. It if really, you really could. Think about it. Wow. So. Yeah, I. That's really sweet that you thought of that. <laughs> I love this new section. <laughs> I love this new section where I get all the compliments and I don't have anything I nice to say prepared. about Emily. <laughs> that is not true. It's just that the past few days have been literally very dark because the power was out. Well, I guess I did think of you often when the power was out because I was trying really desperately to save Blueberry the fish's life. Um, and I feel like a personal responsibility to you to, like, keep him alive. He's not my fish. <laughs> Even though you're not ever going to take him back, he's still, like, your fish in my mind. Um, so, boy, was it a close one. His tank was so cold. Oh, <laughs> it no. felt so bad. I was, like, floating bags of hot water. Here's a tip to all of you. Who are thinking of um, having fish tanks? Don't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really fun, but you need to be prepared for a power outage, and your girl was not. So anyway, but they all lived. Yay! Um, so I thought of you then, and 
I also have been thinking of you quite a bit because during the power outage, um, I, all I did was read Midnight Sun, the book you gave me and I love it. And it reminded me of that time that we watched all of the Twilight movies together. Oh, fun. So much fun. It's really fun watching them as an adult with like a critical mind, you know, because they're bad. <laughs> yeah. But so entertaining. So entertaining, and yet there's, like, this little tiny voice of 13-year-old me who's like, this is so good. (laughs) (laughs) It's, like, such a duality. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, That's how kind of how I feel about Midnight Sun, too. But, boy, am I hooked. Love that. So good. Um, Okay, well, if we don't have anything else, Mm. here we go. It's time for a song. Let's see how this one goes. (laughs) Randy. Bye. Bye.